Welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. This week's guest is Mandy Rose Jones. Mandy is the figurehead for the Empowered Women Project, um, which is a online social media platform um, and blog, amongst other things, that gives women a platform and promotes really just sort of positivity. I mean, it doesn't really necessarily need to be for just women. Um, I follow and subscribe to the feeds and everything that comes out is just really positive. Mandy's also a content creator for the BBC Social. Um, you might have seen the uh, BBC Social video that I did on porn addiction that was facilitated with Mandy. And um, I've also done a podcast that's yet to be uh, released for the BBC Sounds with Mandy. So Mandy does a lot of work and works really, really hard um, to help sort of spread a positive message. In this podcast, we cover um, Mandy's mental health, um, a lot of stuff around sort of how things can be positive and negative. Um, Mandy's an ex-female bodybuilder, and we talk about how that impacted her mental health while she was doing that, and how, you know, like, obviously the... One of the first things that people say if somebody's suffering is you need to exercise and you need to you know get your diet in check. But we talk about how that can become obsessive and actually become negative. We talk about um, I don't even know how you say the guy's name is Addy A Game, who has just recently been convicted of um, sexual harassment. I believe was the the outcome of his case. But basically, Addy had a YouTube channel that gave advice air quotes to men on how to pick up women and if anybody had the opportunity to see his platform before it got deleted basically what he was doing was secretly filming women and harassing them and I mean it's quite sickening stuff Um, there's a lot of good stuff on the BBC about this type of thing Um, I believe there was a panorama episode around it as well and Mandy was involved in the protest that led to Adi or Adi um, being investigated and eventually convicted. So we cover that. A great episode. I hope you enjoy it. Mandy's a, a fantastic woman. Um, and I suppose the n- next week we've got Katie Johnson, who is um, a presenter for um, Capital Radio. But there seems to be a wee theme of like positive women on the podcast for the next couple of weeks but hopefully you enjoy again um, sit back relax and here's Mandy So and welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. This week's guest is Mandy Rose Jones. How's it going, Mandy? I'm good. We're a lot of old friends now. I know, I know. All I feel like we keep running into each other and talking about porn. Sorts. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, but yeah, porn, sex, stripping, whatever. Yeah. Sick, sick of talking about fucking porn. Oh. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm here like meeting the other woman. <laughs> Charmed feels like as well. Like, uh, and how are you guys? Messaging you. <laughs> Aye, all good. All good. Just number two of the day. Good. Getting a couple of podcasts and working um, hard. 
couple of coffees as well. I'm absolutely rattling. <laughs> you, you called it about 45 minutes ago, but I didn't listen. So you've got the Empowered Women Project. and So how did that come about? So just tell us a wee bit about it. And... So the Empowered Women Project is at the core of it. It's a blog. Uh, it started because my mental health deteriorated really swiftly, kind of over the course of a year after my husband left me and I was involved in the fire and there was all sorts of stuff happened. Mm. Mental health deteriorated over the course of about a year, ended up in a psychiatric ward um, after a suicide attempt and... I didn't have anything to do with my days. They were kind of like, you're going to be here and this is you and, and whatever. So yeah. I quite like, um, I'm quite creative. And so I had my laptop. I had basically nothing else, but I had my laptop. Mm -hmm. And so I just started writing about my experiences, about what life might look like if I got to a better place, right. about um, my mental health and the journey I'd been on. I just kind of shared my truth uh, in a way that mm -hmm. I hadn't ever done before. Um, and at the f at start, there was about 10 people looking at it from like, I don't know, Istanbul or something like that. Right. And then as time went on and I continued, I kind of grew and grew and grew. Um, and now I'm just kind of along for the ride, but it's been an amazing journey. And mm. they say that, you know, creative processes are, you know, usually pretty important to recovery. So I think it's, Amazing that you found like a creative outlet. What what sounds quite fairly early in the process. Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? What? It's absolutely become a therapy. Um, and I didn't realise it at first. I was just doing something to occupy my time. But mm -hmm. as it kind of grew and grew, I realised there must have been a need for it because people were kind of latching onto it. People were wanting to contribute either, either anonymously or put their name yeah. to it. Mm -hmm. um, and we were being asked to go and do workshops and talks and whatever. And I just think we'd reached a point, especially with social media, where nobody was being fucking honest. I don't mm -hmm. know if I can swear on here. Nobody <laughs> was being honest. Um, we're going to need was, to get that like, printed up on a bit of paper that we just hang above the paper so you can swear. <laughs> you can swear. Oh, perfect, perfect. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think we'd reached this point with social media and I was guilty of it myself when I was married of sort of painting this perfect picture of yeah. I'm in amazing shape. I've got a perfect marriage. I've got a great job. Like, look at my hair extensions. I don't know, just this perfect, perfect um, life which wasn't true. No, and right. um, having sort of spoken to people from that time in my life, people just assumed that that was my truth do you know yeah. what I mean um, and so I think it's important for people to just come out and say actually where there is good there's also bad times and that's okay mm -hmm. definitely and like a time of the men's mental health pandemic yeah it almost feels like the sort of as we move into the sort of information age and we do a lot more sort of talking and sharing that women have kind of been left in the behind on this but they are the the prime examples of like like many things in life. You only really get movement when it's white men that actually experience that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But what's been interesting is a lot of guys have kind of connected with the project as well. So though yep. I set it up as a woman and kind of for women and with women in mind, men, even friends of my brothers, you know, the kind of tallest, most muscular men have mm -hmm. kind of messaged me privately and wouldn't do it publicly, but I've yep. said, listen, thank you. I really appreciate the blog. I read it. I engage with it. And uh, yeah, so, you know, it's not... Mental health isn't exclusive to any gender, any uh -huh. sexuality, and I think we need to remember that. And I'm glad that conversations are happening sort of across the board. It's kind of flip mm. side to, 
eh, what we've seen for the guys at Brothers in Arms where they say like brothers need a sister and I think that's what you're talking about is kind of the flip side of that and, and maybe the conclusion is that we just all need each other oh absolutely you know I mean? absolutely mm-hmm. and I think there's something to be said about communities especially online and building these communities and these safe places the amount of people that message me and like I say it's not just me that kind of manages the project mm-hmm. now there's a whole host of people that contribute and share and whatever yeah. the amount of people that message me and say that that's just their wee safe space on the internet where they might just cuddle up in bed and read yep. and kind of engage and feel Oh, a release from all the stuff that's edited and manufactured and all the mm. rest of it. I think it's, it's something good. I like about the the way that we're internet usage or our social media usage is changing is that, like you say, there has been a, a lot of negativity surrounding it over sort of many years. And what we get a time and time again when we talk to guests is that idea of community. Mm-hmm. And I think to an extent, people feel as though that the internet's been used to like separate us from our communities. Mm-hmm. But what I like is that there are now people who are weaponizing social media and the internet to create these online communities mm-hmm. and actually repurpose people and give them something to actually like contribute to. Absolutely. I think the only issue with it that I've found is it's a massive responsibility. Mm. So now I would say that like, I think I just have to get better at delegating. Now on the Facebook, we've got 15,000 uh, followers. Um, we've got like 8,000 on the Instagram and thousands elsewhere. And it's yeah. like, it's like it's a lot on me kind of emotionally sometimes to manage because you can't pour from an empty cup right so it's like a lot of these people rely on the project for a lot and sometimes I'm not great either I'm still kind of getting better and I have Mm -hmm. there's ebbs and flows with Mm -hmm. that and I was saying to Paul the last time we met that my mental health was so gradually getting better last year that it was like oh my god this is amazing I feel invincible medication's working therapy's working I was just taking on the world Mm -hmm. and then in probably March I've basically lost March till now this year because I've just been stuck in a kind of a difficult place Um, and people don't see that stuff so people still think you're this invincible take on the world whatever and you know I think that's something we've come across with quite a number of guests I mean we've spoke to a lot of folk who have taken on like community mental health Mm -hmm. groups community health groups you know any number of things like and what you don't account for is that personal toll that because you've made yourself the face of this or that you're the voice of this in some cases that people are then going to put a level of responsibility on you for their own self-care in mm-hmm. it. So it's a, it's a quite weird balancing act where you don't want to be seen to be going against what you're, you know, not mm-hmm. practising what you preach, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you have to look out for you as well, you know Absolutely. what I mean? It can be quite a hard balance sometimes. And I think, Paul, you've probably found this as well with your sharing of your porn addiction and things as well. You've got to just learn to um, sort of create your own boundaries. It's been hard for me like mm-hmm. to say oh, no because yeah. I just want to try and be there for everyone all the time. But it's not, A, it's not possible. Yeah. B, I'm not qualified. And C, I don't have a C, but yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's just about like creating those personal barriers and mm-hmm. going, actually, I'm not available 24 hours a day and actually I'm not now going to share my dating life with the world and actually I'm going to speak to my actual friends offline yeah. sort of thing. Like there's more certain is things. Less yeah. is more, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think as well, like, <clears throat> when we were, no, it went. I had, you it, had, you had, I had it, it and it went. I never had it, so I yeah. can completely relate to, like, I think that when we first started doing this and when we first started getting traction, I, we were getting quite a lot of sort of contact. I was getting quite a lot of contact with people. And like you said, that you need to you need to establish that you're not like going to fix them. Mm-hmm. you got a lot of people that are thinking, yes, I've, got, I've got the same... I've got my point back now. I've, mm-hmm. I've, got, the, I've got a similar sort of experience, like, and... 
they don't just want to share it. Like I'm open for people coming in and just telling me, oh, this has been really good and I've mm-hmm. listened to that. But they, they, they want your time. They want your energy and, and they want you to go, right, this is exactly what I'm going through right now. How would you fix that? Here's yeah. a 10-point plan. Uh-huh. And I, I found it really draining. I mean, I've just took to just ignoring it, just to, to the most part. So my, my point that I was going to jump on when before I lost my thread was not qualified. Yep. Um, and as well intention as a lot of people are like I'm finding that as people become more conscious of their mental health as, as well as a society like a lot of people are taking you know their experience as a means to then go out and like preach to people or whatever and I think like that's where the not qualified element has to be like really careful because I would never want to like volunteer like a you know off the cuff thank you somebody and then find out that mm-hmm. it caused them harm or whatever oh, it is. Massively. I think there's a, a line that people need to understand that as much as we want to promote better mental health and better physical and all these other things, like you get in touch with us, we can put you in touch with somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. we can't, mm-hmm. you know, answer these questions yeah. for you. A lot of the time it's a big burden. And uh, I, I can get what you say in that respect. It can be quite a, mm-hmm. quite a daunting prospect when you're actually just like, I'm just trying to be me. Yeah, and I think for a while it was actually damaging my mental health because somebody would message, and this was last year, I was in a really good place. Mm-hmm. People would message the project and say, I feel a bit suicidal. I'd phone them and I'd be on the phone for like two hours. Yeah. Mm. And then I realised, like, actually, that's really impacting yeah. me and it's triggering for me. Yep. And I'm like, oh, I don't matter. I'm better now. I've got this thing. Actually, it does matter. Mm-hmm. And my mental health does matter. So now I just do a lot of what you said. I signpost and there's um, some amazing charities. There's an amazing charity called Chris's House who've helped me out of some pretty bad places yep. um, and well. it's just about learning who those people are where you can turn to at any time of the night you know what I mean so uh, yeah but it's not us but we can certainly provide the numbers for these places we can certainly provide I don't know other people's stories that you can yep. read and feel validated by Absolutely. but it's yeah it's about like learning like what we can and can't uh, the boundaries yeah. mm-hmm. and this year's been ba- massive for that I talk about last year like it was just true because like I say this year's just gone for me uh, it's mm-hmm. crazy I know, I know so with the Build in the build up, so the the, the empowered women project sounds like it's been like a really sort of powerful tool to help you get out of a sort of dark place. Yeah, and the build up to like getting yourself or being in that place mm-hmm. was it just loads of like wee things in life that were like building up on top of you, or was there like overarching sort of like huge moments and that ended up sort of like pushing you over the edge? Um, leading up to like my suicide attempt mm-hmm. I mean yeah it was a lot of like little things obviously in March 2017 um, I was involved in a serious fire my pets died in the fire lost everything in the fire husband left me um, and I was left homeless temporarily and that's when I was like living out of hostels went back to working as a stripper um, and all the rest of it and fast forward from there to the following March I've just kind of been trying to, I've been managing this really, really horrible, tricky personal life, but still trying to make sure that my social media was never let the mask yeah. slip. So mm. still just posting the the selfies and the th- life's great. And every time maybe I bought something with some money I had from the strip club, I'd make sure that everyone saw I was doing well and yeah. I was materialistically kind of thing mm-hmm. and whatever. And then, yeah, just, I just totally, I just cracked, I just broke. I just thought I've been carrying so much yeah. just 
on myself and mm-hmm. like but if anyone had said to me you know you need to you need to go and see somebody you need to talk to somebody I don't know I just for a long time thought I was better than that mm-hmm. um, and I'm not ashamed to say that now because eventually it led you know it led to me getting the help I needed and yeah. whatever but I was kind of like no I don't need medication I don't need to talk to somebody I'm a strong woman I'm this that and the other but actually that was a bit of an act and a bit of a front and um it's got to as something that's also really common I mean massively the first time somebody ever told me I was depressed I was like no, I'm not. <laughs> you're, a, you're a nutter. Like, no way. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. But isn't there massive... I think there's even more strength than faking that than... There's even more strength in vulnerability and in actually going, yeah. do you know what? I wasn't okay and I'm not okay. Absolutely. And I need to accept help. And um, Well, I was at the lowest point. Do you know what I mean? I was basically told it's hospital or the police station mm. after after what happened. Mm-hmm, so yeah. um, I was, you know, kind of against my will I suppose initially put in the hospital um, and that's when really the the penny dropped I saw my mum when she first came to visit I saw how it had affected my family um, I basically just thought well I've been at my lowest now I'm just going to commit to the recovery whatever that looks like however messy that gets I'm just going to commit to like basically nothing can be worse than now yeah. uh-huh. do you know what I mean and I'm now just going to commit to a process and it's been well nearly when so that my god I really have lost this year so in March it'll have been two years since I was out of the hospital and mm-hmm. I've just been with my head down in this process of growing this thing which is just it's like my baby like yeah. it's really mm-hmm. what helped me out of a, a dark place and I don't know what the future holds for it but it's uh it's been an interesting journey to me mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to have a focus mm-hmm. when they're in that sort of because you can just get swallowed up by Massively. what's going on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so having like something to really, really focus yourself on and just put get your teeth into and sort of it's almost like a good distraction I suppose massively and there was no there was no pressure from anyone it wasn't a task by anyone else I had full autonomy over it which was really like yeah. it really liberating it was like oh my god each morning no matter you know I'm still in the clothes I for about three days I remained in the clothes that I tried to commit suicide and I wouldn't change or whatever I was absolutely done um, I would just at least set an alarm and go to the communal area open my laptop get a coffee and then I would think right let's get to work and mm, it wasn't mm. for anyone or anything it was more of a personal thing like yeah, let's create something let's do this let's be let's be productive let's you know make something I think when I write it's often times about like ordering my thoughts Massively. so it's like because you know we have or I have the, the blog that runs alongside this and I'm very much in the like 10 people reading it at any given time stage that you talked about in the in the early day stages mm-hmm. but uh, like I find that you know when I'm writing something I'll go I've had this exact conversation with Shieldsy in like a completely different order mm-hmm. or I've had this conversation with the missus and it's all come together after like mm-hmm. a different order thing so I think when you're in that sort of vulnerable place having that ability to like just take the time to order your thoughts in the right way and then put it down somewhere that you can go back to is like huge. Oh massively because you don't know what you're thinking until you kind of write it or read it Mm -hmm. back do you because like you say it's all scattered and I might have told that person that person might have told that person that you know that but like I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder Mm -hmm. and as a diagnosis that just made so much sense to me like throughout my marriage I look at my behaviour patterns and things like that. Yeah. And I'm almost textbook that diagnosis. And I know not everyone agrees with diagnoses, particularly the kind of different um, uh, names that aren't like yeah. your typical depression anxiety. Uh-huh. People think it's, it's a like bit of a... Overdiagnosed. Yeah, like, people we, we think it's... people. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I actually, you know, really don't agree. I agree that like my medication has helped me become more balanced. Therapy has helped me become more 
like I respond in a probably a more appropriate way to certain situations. Mm -hmm. And uh, so like, um, you know, I look back at my marriage and what I can learn from that in terms of romantic relationships is that for many years he, you know, pleaded with me to get help. You know, you are struggling, go and get help. And Mm -hmm. I think that in the future, I would like to be less against asking for help. Do you yeah. know what I mean? The simple thing. It's mm-hmm. not a weakness, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. The stigma that's involved. You learn, oh, definitely. I think that if you come out the other side of anything, you realise that there's probably a year or two where you could have done it earlier mm. or you've maybe been just bullshitting yourself into massively. thinking everything's all right. And- Do you know what, massively? And actually, if I've learned anything this past year and a half, it is not to bullshit yourself. I was mm-hmm. the biggest bullshitter to myself for so yeah. long, going, no, you, you know, I t- just the, the, the lines I would feed myself or the narrative that was going on in my head, you know, this superiority complex probably, mm-hmm. thinking, you know, I'm better than help, I'm better than that. Yeah. You know, I do this, I'm a fitness muscle. I don't know, I just look back and I just think, bullshit. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So and it's nice now to feel that and don't get me wrong, I think that there's a constant battle in all of us between authenticity and our ego all the time. Oh, it's yeah, just this on. constant like thing. And they're like one kind of trying to control the other. But I am at a point now where I can say that I am at least as hap- I'm happy with how authentic I am. We're all gonna have a trouble with our ego and it is a battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like authenticity is massively important to me now because it's what my community, my platform uh, ultimately is is mm-hmm. was born from you know what I mean and it's Mm -hmm. what people need and what people appreciate and I'm actually so blind now to all the shit on the internet sometimes because I'm so immersed in the good stuff like I've curated a really kind nice space online Uh so that when people are saying oh there's so much of this stuff people editing their pictures people promoting this I'm kind of don't see it until I've sent it and then I know what's going on but you can create your own space on the internet no definitely Mm -hmm. do you think that potentially like oversharing on these platforms as a sign that somebody's maybe, I don't know if you would say, maybe masking something, maybe try to hide something because there's a lot of people where they just, like, it would almost seem like their world is just shopping trip to coffee with their mate and there's no work, there's none Mm. of, like, how do you make money? Like, where, where, where does We've that come from? We've conversation about people we know. We're like, what is it? What's the, I, what way? is it that they do? <laughs> <laughs> don't actually really know <laughs> somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. You could probably tell somebody's coffee and lunch order mm. and not know what they do for a job. I know. And I know. there's supposed to be somebody that you know. I know. So I, know. I think maybe potentially I've got I've so many people that just spring to mind where it's just constantly posting constantly posting and not for somebody that's get a platform and they'll mm. maybe try to promote anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they're not promoting mm-hmm. anything all that they're doing is just posting doing maybe just... they're promoting themselves to themselves i, I think mm. it's an identity thing and maybe a validation big... thing i think it is it's like it's like um you know if i promote this and i do this it's like it's not for a brand it's just for that I do have a life. I do have stuff yeah. going on. You know, mm-hmm. it's validation. And I used to seek it myself. Do you know what I mean? I like, I've got memories of me, like when I stayed in my husband, the house would be a complete mess, but I'd kick everything out of the way in the mirror mm. to take a perfect selfie. <laughs> yeah. And you just look back and you think, oh my God. And people would say, oh, your house is lovely. And I'd think it is within the parameters of that yeah, shot. Like I know that I've just kicked a fellow clothes there, kicked a fellow clothes there, posed for a selfie. And that's it. And that's what the world sees. But yeah, it's, uh-huh. And that's the perfect example of how what you see is in this screen. Yeah. But everything else I think is... That that's a beautiful analogy for your mind as well. Mm-hmm. The, the only... The, the bit that people hear and see mm-hmm. is just this tiny wee window. 
and then but inside there's just this massive landscape of stuff I that you that judge yourself for oh, and you don't like people's and, opinions in there yeah, and all yeah, sorts yeah. Of i things. found it this year when i kind of like came out about the drinking and obviously i'd been like through it but i lost last year in kind of similar terms to, to alcohol talking. more or less yeah, yeah yeah um but when i came out the other side, out the other side of it and started talking about it i was talking to people going there's no way these people do not know that this is what's been going on. Like, I've been such a mm. shambles within myself. Yeah, yeah. And then being like, that did. And people were like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no, like, what? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's what mm-hmm. you're talking about. Well, mm-hmm. somehow, somewhere, I've had a defence mechanism that's allowed to, you know, hide it long enough that Absolutely. people were surprised, think- even though I thought, how can you possibly be surprised yeah. by this? I think you know what, what I mean? you were saying as well, like, five minutes ago, when <clears> I look, if I look back at myself, I can just pick this one example when I was going through a tough time in a previous relationship and I literally get an Uber to Silverburn and put a grand on a credit card. Yeah. And I, if somebody had stopped me on my way home and this pure, oh my God, I get like four pole shirts, a leather jacket, jeans, I'm, I'm, I feel so good. Aye. And went, you've got a problem. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. You kidding on? I feel fucking great. Mm-hmm. But you just, when I look back now, I'm just like, do you know what I mean? Like face palming, just like, how did you not know that? Aye, that you was... still got stuff in cellophane in there. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm still working through clothes for like two, three years ago that I've just never walked. It is your own. It is your own, Joshua. And I actually mm. used to do a lot of it like aesthetically as well. So like when I look at the maybe the weeks just leading up to the kind of suicide attempt, mm-hmm. I had like 26 inch hair extensions. I had loads of fillers in my lips. I had Botox. I right. had. Uh, you know, lash extensions, anything you could imagine, like mm-hmm. sort of false that I could do to myself. And while I'm not saying there's a problem with any of that, I still do bits and bobs of it. Of course. While I'm not saying there's a problem with any of that, I do see how it was literally a physical mask. So there was this mm-hmm. this kind of mask you couldn't see, but there was also all this extra stuff. There was the bodybuilding as well, so I was still in incredible shape. But, you know, and as far as the world was concerned, you know, if I just said to my family, you must have saw that the... the the downfall yeah. they'd be like well no because you looked great you were posting pictures on social media with maybe inside i could look at a picture now and say i felt horrendous there yeah but the picture says feeling amazing great training sesh yeah. mm-hmm. so you're literally feeding these lies and you probably start to believe the lie to an extent it's a bit meta yeah the only story that you really truly believe is the one that you tell yourself because without that validation and without that acknowledgement Mm -hmm. then then you don't believe it but Mm -hmm. um you are so you were a a female bodybuilder at one point in time Mm -hmm. and i think that diet and exercise is probably the most over prescribed like sort of yeah wellness tool mm-hmm. like you always hear and i'm i go to the gym and i do a lot and i, I keep my, my diet in check so i'm i'm a i'm a prescriber to that yeah. but also i think that sometimes you can take it too far mm-hmm. and do you think that that because that happened so if you were to say to somebody there's somebody that's suicidal and their, their mental health isn't isn't good but they go to the gym religiously yeah. and their diet is like impeccable uh-huh. they would be like that doesn't really that contradicts itself yeah. like yeah. you, you should that should be the fix yeah but yeah. did you experience like a negative sort of body image or was that part of like why you were like bodybuilding and- oh bodybuilding was just a focus to distract from the shit that was going on in my head mm. if i had to weigh out every kilo of food and had to make the gym every day and had to do x y and z it wasn't even about the way i looked aesthetically yes i, I was going to compete that year year 2018 I was going to compete 
But it was at that point, it was just about having that that control over at least one aspect of my life. But then I've got a history of eating disorders and whatever. And I think that that was just a label for an eating disorder, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying bodybuilding is. I'm saying that sometimes it can just be a label for another control problem yeah. or, you yeah. know, an addictive personality. Uh, the compulsive mm-hmm. behaviour mm-hmm. that sometimes comes along with the up and down. I think the fact like is it's mental health something plan. about bodybuilding. I mean, I, I look at pictures of the, the guys and girls and the women that are doing it right and you're like fuck man that's impressive but there is something in it that's harmful massively because it's unsustainable it like is. you can only look like that for like two or three days mm-hmm. and then you need just purely out a need for nutrition you need yeah. to get some which is almost like what it's almost sort of strange like why would you do that to yourself like what and and i've lived in a single digit body fat and mm-hmm. felt and for me, when I look back at my own time like that, I felt like that was going to be it. That when I get my six pack, yeah, that was it. I'm going to love myself. Yeah, I'm going to look at myself and I'm going to yeah. go, Paul, you've oh look at you, you're amazing. But I still looked at myself in the mirror and yeah. thought, I can get better. I can get a wee bit better. And see, yeah. when I didn't, it was so disheartening yeah. that I fell yeah. off the wagon and just rolled and. And I think that that's the, that's the absolute thing. And I think that's why I always say on the project that when you just get that handbag, when you just get those abs, when you just get that, happiness isn't waiting for you there like some sort of pot of fucking gold. Do you know what I mean? Waving flags. Like, yeah, yeah, we made yeah, it. Yeah, we made it. You're, you're, you know, and I've experienced that a lot through this past year or so, or, or the few years. When I got abs, I thought when I just make that day, like I couldn't see past that day of my first competition because I was like, whatever. Even though my relationship was going tits up, I wasn't performing great at work. Like I wasn't, I had no sex drive. There was loads of things in my life that weren't going well, but I was like, but just April for abs and then everything will come good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it didn't, you know, I got a wee plastic trophy and then I felt like, oh fuck, I fucked up so many aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, for some people, chasing that is fine and if some people you know fitness is their career i understand that having a certain look yeah. benefits their business so, and that's different that i said that to somebody mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and i was talking about this and i said to them look see if you're a professional i get it see if you're a personal trainer and you're out there and you're trying to get clients i get it i totally get it but see if you are like working 30 40 50 hours a week Aye. and then no. you're trying to get it, it's almost like in work, you know, a destructive yeah. it feels almost sort of like counterproductive to Massively. you do you know what I mean as Massively. a person and then nobody you know it might be your priority mm-hmm. but of course no one else sees it as a priority you know so your boss at work when mm-hmm. you're coming in shattered and you've been training and yeah. you've got a competition coming up you know, does don't that pay your bills? You yeah. know, don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are really hard conversations to have. And similarly, and my ex-husband won't mind me talking about this, he, you know, would want a, a relationship was really built on like going out with other couples and having dinner and wine. And suddenly when that aspect of your relationship just isn't mm-hmm. there because you selfishly want to pursue something, uh-huh. it becomes difficult and, and not sustainable, changes, you know, like... and everything changes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we fast forward and you're, well, just now, like you're a you're a massive gym advocate. Yeah. So, what is the difference between the bodybuilding and what would probably be seen more as sort of like fitness? Because like bodybuilders aren't fit. No, you know, no. Like, they can't they run the fucking length of themselves. No, absolutely and, not. Absolutely um, not. I, the, people think that a bodybuilder is going to like crush your skull in a fight, yeah. and it's yeah, like, no, no, it's not, it's no. not going to happen. It's but all aesthetics. What's yeah. what's the difference? Like, what, what what do you see your motivation now when you go to the gym versus what it used to be? Like yeah, so it's hard to explain. <coughs> At the moment, I think my 
I'm seeking to not have any sort of restriction in my life. So if I don't have a plan to follow, like a nutrition plan, I tend to just not feed myself or okay. I'll just drink wine or I just won't prioritise my health from a nutrition point of view. Mm-hmm. But if I have a plan to follow, that the word diet doesn't really fit. If I have a plan of certain foods yeah. to follow, I'll go out to the shop, I'll buy some, <coughs> I'll buy some good food and I will actually cook and eat and make that a priority. Yeah. So for me, it's a really positive thing because we could all do to feed our bodies a little bit better with more food groups, with this and that and the other. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And if it was just down to me not having a coach or having that input in my life, I would, um, I would just, I would just wouldn't, wouldn't prioritise eating or I would just drink wine instead of water or, do you know what I mean? I just wouldn't make good choices. Jesus did For that. me, I know, right? <laughs> so on. it must be all right for us to do it. Like. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, um, excuse me, I've got quite an addictive personality. So if I wasn't in the gym and, you know, trying to focus on feeding my body good food, mm. I might just end up, drinking every day and I also yeah. know that's not great for my mental health. You need goals. Yeah. And I need little goals, even if it's mm-hmm. daily goals at the moment, you know, um like I say, I've got a bit of input from from a team helping me at the moment and it's just like little goals each day, like tomorrow I want to get X, Y, and Z done. And last yeah. night I sat and planned out today and it felt great because I've yeah. not got loads of places to be. However, if those are on a bit of paper it makes you feel like I've got stuff to achieve tomorrow. Definitely. Yeah. And I can go to sleep at night feeling great. So but like yourself, you're saying if you're not if I so I'm not like working at the moment mm-hmm. so if I don't have a full day planned out it's like you can lose purpose a lot mm-hmm. and it becomes really difficult and obviously it gets boring very quickly just watching the odd bit of daytime telly I was watching Ancient Aliens yesterday <laughs> like, you've peaked you've peaked you just keep podcasting now <laughs> first, <laughs> first day of unemployment and I was sitting watching shit about like sorry I've been in an existential crisis triangle, since like, March you're right. fine it's, it's fine um, but yeah um, there's no alien YouTube video I haven't watched uh, um <laughs> I think goal setting is really, really fucking important. Oh, massively. And I think it can be anything. And actually, when I first got out of hospital, I'd been a wee bit institutionalised. So I'd been in there for over a month of, like, being told when I was eating my breakfast, walk to the art room, do a bit of colouring. Like, I'd been really institutionalised. So when I got back to my own house, it was like, oh, fuck. Like, full autonomy over my Uh, day. That's, whoa. So, like, what was good for me was, like, the mental health professionals sort of saying, see tomorrow if you only get a shower. You got a shower. Yeah. Or see the next day if you get a shower and then you want to make a cup of tea. That's you've done two things, two big things for you because mm-hmm. it's all relative, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So there might be one point in my life, like last year, where I had like three meetings and a protest and a media appearance and I, and I was just like buzzing, 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 yeah. and I felt like, oh, I'm doing loads. I can take on everything. But this year has been a tiny wee bit different. Where today I get this podcast episode recorded, and then maybe I go for a coffee, and that's been like a good day based on how I feel. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because it's all got to be relative. Kind of like ties in with a thing that I love Darren Brown, and um, just generally, like I think guy's awesome. <laughs> but I remember something he said uh, in one of his interviews about like goal setting, and he was like, "This is like a highly accomplished, highly intelligent man who's like, looked, you know, done well in life." And they're going, "So what's the secret?" And he's like. See if I get to like dinner time and like, I don't smell bad, it's a result. And you're like, what? You know, like, I expect him to be like, oh, I should have done this painting, or I should have Aye, wrote this part in my new show. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or, like, at five, I got up uh, at five a.m. Yeah, and I get yeah. a run and all that. Right. And he's like, see if I get up the day and I don't smell by dinner time, I'm jamming. Mm-hmm. And you're like, 
That's such a simple, but this guy yeah. accomplishes so much in but his life. But isn't that so interesting? Mean? Because right. actually, from an outside point of view, people say the same to me. People message me, "How do you do this? How mm-hmm. do you do that?" And whatever, and and I'm the same. I'm like, I'm a riot. Like I don't know, uh, but it's mm-hmm. like I'm the same. Like I have a wash, or or I'll just and like I say, just writing down those goals. They might not be much to other people, but mm-hmm. to you, they might be massive. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like one of my friends um, is a mum, and yesterday she said she felt like she never did much because she just did some crafts with a wee one and then got out for a coffee and. I was mm-hmm. like, see, to to me yesterday, that would have been a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, do you know, it's got, all got to be relative. I think this is kind of like, uh, I, I, I kind of really vibe with some of what you're saying about that, you know, feeling invincible on the way up. You know, you're medicated, you're feeling better about yourself, you're getting involved, and obviously mm-hmm. the Empowered Women is going to give you opportunities to then, mm-hmm. you know, get involved in other things. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, as, as this has become a bigger and bigger thing as we went on it, like, I struggle to keep that sort of almost manic side of me and check more than a day mm-hmm. like the depressive side of me you know what I mean like because I sometimes feel that as much as folk get in touch with us mm-hmm. and like if we could get involved with absolutely everything you know we would but mm-hmm. at the same time we are now at the point where we're going where can we mm-hmm. make the most difference or whatever but like <clears throat> I get quite intense within myself there's times he's getting like a loving a coke text going mate how about we approach us like such and such and he's like like I'm in my bed and I'm like yeah. okay cool fair enough you know what I mean like, so I days like when there's a lot in the air, yeah. I I, I kind of get a bit. Oh, you know. It's good to have people to recognise that in you as well, because I fully relate. I'm exactly mm-hmm. the same. I get overwhelmed, excited, and Amy, like my partner who works quite closely with me on the mm-hmm. project, she'll say things like that. She'll go, "How about we do X, Y, and Z?" Right, and she means three months down the line. Mm-hmm. I'll speak to you're her like, the next day and say, "I found them. I found your voicemail. And it's, it's done." And yeah. she's like, "You're a bit frantic. Is everything all right?" And then I've already done all the things, yeah. and she's like, "Whoa!" But um, it's nice to have people to keep you in check. And even like last week, we had a meeting, and she was like, "You're a bit." She was like, "Are you alright?" I was like, "Yeah, like, you know." So, yeah. Maybe so, over caffeinated. Probably. Yeah, that's got a lot to do with it. No, I just mean. So I think what I was trying to get is is there is there an argument like for. To be a wee bit more selective, is there? Are mm-hmm. you at the point now where maybe you think to yourself, "Where am I best placed here?" What mm-hmm. Because you seem to have like, you know, you're you're out there a lot. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm I'm always finding myself wondering, going, is there is there one of these things that's like a proper passion for you that you know you think to yourself, do you know what? Maybe this is the one that I take all this other energy and like focus it into one thing. Yeah. So I think the one thing I've learned. So um, I studied musical theatre when I left school. I'm a singer. I've changed as a singer. I'm a dancer. I do right. all that sort of stuff. And I kind of put that to one side when I got married, and I mm-hmm. didn't prioritise it and whatever. Um, and I, so I love performing and I love being in front of the camera. And I yeah. think that through the project, I've been able to create a lot of content. Um, you know, video content, yeah. recording audio content, whatever. And I've really enjoyed it. And from that has come a lot of great opportunities. Um, I now work um, with BBC The Social Creating Content, which is a a great opportunity. They're teaching me a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that long term, I would like to create content and get paid for it, which is going to (laughs) be really nice. um, Because like I say, I did so much for so long for free. And it Mm -hmm. comes to a point where you're like, if my time's valuable and people value my abilities and my talent, then why shouldn't I be paid for yeah, it? Yeah. But I find that a difficult thing as well to balance. Definitely. You know? mm-hmm. I think when you're in a creative as well, you almost like undervalue yourself. Don't massively. You? Like you massively. Don't, you, there's, I mean, I've, my girlfriend's a, a ballet teacher and a professional ballet teacher. And even still, she'll be like, I don't know if I should tell them that I'm 40 quid an hour. I think maybe I should just do it for half price. And I'm like, fucking don't do that. Yeah, Stop doing yeah. that. Like, yeah. But I also think there's something to be said for attaching um, your value to like your... So like when you say, if she halved her price to me, that halves 
her value, value in my mind yeah, in my eyes absolutely. because I pay more for something that I believe inherently will be better and that's, you know a, that's I mean? a weird psychological yeah. thing but actual you think? fact that by half in the price she doubles the value because uh-huh. they're still getting the same 40 quids worth of lesson uh-huh. yeah that's but true in people's yeah. minds they think well she's she's discounting that because it's not as good as this it's person so that's charging so that 50 and yeah, 60 yeah. and that's why people that are charging 50 and 60 quid seem to be the top mm-hmm. and, and it's just by having you the literally actual, put yourself there and having the kind of the guts balls to do it, to do it. yeah absolutely i think that when you're doing creative stuff if somebody was to say to us listen i mean i, I produced a couple of podcasts for a few weeks and i struggled to ask for money yeah for doing it even though i had said to the people up front yeah, 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 yeah. i'm 20 quid for a podcast you can come in and i'll charge you 20 quid and i'll make your podcast for you it's no bother when they come in and they they did it i didn't was like right was the cash? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like uh-huh. sort of waiting for them to hand it over, yeah. and they all did, thankfully. Yeah, but yeah, even yeah. still, I was like, mm, yeah. I feel situation. shit, fucking charging for somebody coming down. And I just wish it. I could be stripper Mandy in my creative line of work. Like, mm. right, that's a hundred quid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you value like you, you know the value of that yeah and yeah also you're working for a club that's telling you like you no fucking freebies do you know what i mean that's like yeah, yeah. suicidal in, in that yeah. industry but, but doing that then, to yourself can be a really hard and like i say it's ego and authenticity again mm. the minute that i think i charge for something i'm i do get you know i try not to worry what anyone thinks but you, you of course you'll get the odd person going thought you were accessible thought you were this thought you were that and you're like ah oh, but i have rent to pay yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, so. Uh, so the social stuff, like, um, obviously, I've seen your your bit with Paul, yeah, um, and I think I've seen something the other day with um, but cat Colin, yes, it went out yesterday. That was that yeah, yesterday? Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what 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 are your ideas, or what have you got in the pipeline? Is there stuff you can talk about? Yeah, massively. So they've really given me pretty much free reign. So I've got a couple of producers that I work really closely with, and mm-hmm. I pitch ideas just pretty much as and when they come to my head, which okay. can be again frantic because you can imagine sometimes I slide into their emails with like loads of ideas a day, and they'll mm-hmm. go right, let's go for this, <laughs> and yeah. then let's make that good, and then let's do it. Mm-hmm. What's been interesting is just like is having some input with my ideas and learning how to create content which mm-hmm. is a wee bit better and just that kind of process and um, the next video that I'm uh, doing this week with them is all about the kind of um, mental breakdown I'm having towards turning 30 basically okay. and how kind of women deal with that because mm-hmm. we've all got ideas of like where we should have been by certain ages yeah. and for a certain wee while I suppose I was following in my mind what I thought was right okay. so when I say I was like Say I was 16 and I thought, right, and all girls pretty much do. By the time I'm 21, I'll meet the man of my dreams. Then at 22, we'll move in together. 23, engaged. And 24, married. I actually did that in that order. Um, And you you look back and think that's the way it'll all be. And it'll all be fine and dandy. And I'll have kids and the dogs running around. And it'll all be wholesome. It's all mapped out. Absolutely. Um, But this sketch is going to just be a look at um, how... like funny but tragic my life can be now mm-hmm. based on where I thought it was going so right. yeah it's going to be a funnier lighter look at basically I'm, I'm somewhat like that but I I'm happier now outside that cookie cutter life I where I owned a house and I had the car and it was all in the relationship and the, but there was an undercurrent on happiness that ditto, went with it. Ditto, yeah, and even yeah. But again, outside looking in, people yeah. would be like, oh, I must be doing fantastic. They've got it all going yeah. on, yeah. And now, outside looking in, people might be he's in a flat shell. Uh-huh. Mm. 
Like what's going on I, there? Like, theoretically, on paper, you've taken a step back. I, I genuinely am so much happier. Yeah, and I think but, we need to. I think what we need to remember as well is that happiness looks different to everybody. I'm yeah. also so much happier than I was in my marriage. Mm-hmm. But if you'd have told me that in my marriage, I would have went, no, 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 we're we're great. We're you, know, fair enough. As, you know, when I, I moved it at nineteen because. I didn't. I always like like to buck against what folk expected me or told me today, and it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I spent seven years essentially single, and was like, don't want family, don't want kids, don't want blah blah blah. And as I say, you know, that was like my own like roadmap that I'd set yeah. for myself. And then met my partner who had a daughter and was like a dad overnight, and like <sighs> it was like so again the so flip of what I was like telling people I wanted, you know, yeah, what I yeah, didn't yeah. want. And yeah. the, the minute it came up, mm-hmm. you just flip on it. So I. I I can get what you're coming for, though. And it's hard to be okay. It's hard to be enough on your own. And again, I'm still working on that. You know, it's I think hard. That's the to, ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is that to is be the, enough. The ultimate goal mm-hmm. is to be in a room, in a in a room, in a room by yourself, no technology, nothing, and you can be content. Yeah. Massive. That is like the ultimate goal for me. It's just to not need anything, so that everything else that I get. I'm fucking ultimately grateful for, yeah. and it's just a yeah. bonus for, it. and yeah. I don't need it. Like, yeah, massively. I don't need these things because they some I went through stages where the idea of giving something up or not having something has gave me anxiety and then when I've gave it up I'm like oh fuck I'm fine mm. oh wow mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm okay I'm Hi. not dead I'm like, still I'm, 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 yeah, 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 exactly yeah. but it's just you're talking about that ego just going like you need that you can't be without that mm-hmm. you need to be mm-hmm. and I went through a period of time where and I've kind of stopped it now where I stripped everything away, like it was like caffeine's next, tobacco. <laughs> that's it, and I got all the vices. Everything's <laughs> I did. You used to like get a train for shuttles on a Saturday morning to like Glasgow Queen Street to get a specific type of coffee and, and get the train, get back, the train up back, back up up the road. I if I if I had a day off, coffee was dynamite. And, and really? I had a five hundred quid coffee bean cup machine oh, in my kitchen. <laughs> So you did that I didn't touch that I bought because I just used to just consume and consume and consume. But I, I would, I would be like, right, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna go walk to the train station, up the stairs into Costa Queen Street, get my coffee, go back down straight back in the train back to my house, and sit and have my coffee. And it's like when I again when I look back at that, I'm like, holy fucking shit! Why, why did you not realise that you were just that? Right, I always so, kind of respected your commitment. That should have probably. This is another right. one as, as we go through talking to guests. We get an old story, and then one is goes. That should have probably rang an alarm bell with me, but I actually oh. thought it was really cool at the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. when, I, when I think about it, what was I doing? All I was really doing was, is I was just filling that hour and a half right. that I just couldn't stand being doing nothing yeah, and yeah. sitting yeah. and I would start going oh I need to do something here yep. and it would just be like this sort of series of events that in the gym was a part of that and mm-hmm. would always just be like I need to do this and I need to do that it's just because I couldn't sit and do nothing right. do you ever think though you don't like take your own advice so basically I was thinking about this recently like I've, basically time. I've been in love with a guy since 2011 right so okay. that's a long 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 time and recently he's kind of come back into my life and whatever but he can't commit for various different reasons right um, I even got a tattoo for him last week so there oh, you go right. right I'm very in love with this person but it's 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 toxic and I know I need to cut it off okay. and I was kind of thinking about this last night and reminiscing with one of my guy friends who said 
you know yourself, if you were given this advice to another girl, you'd say, cut it off. He's yeah. not giving you what you need. He's, he's deliberately not giving you what you want. Cut it off. And it's so weird how sometimes we can be so blinded. Like, I know if I was an outsider looking in, I'd go, that's <coughs> not good for you. Absolutely. Walk away. Walk away. But having that strength yourself to walk away takes so much commitment. Yeah. Like, I've had to, I, I, you know, I sent the message, I cut it off last night. But having the commitment to see that through is hard mm. oh, because it's all only on you yeah. like i yeah. could easily message that part. i could easily open that can of messy worms again <laughs> but it's only going to damage further but if it was Absolutely. a friend i'd be on a case going don't message them don't message them ah, don't yeah. message them it's only going to be bad but for yourself it's hard to have that self-respect i think absolutely mm-hmm. I, I follow main advice all the time i think it's my missus favorite pastime is throwing main advice back in my face to be honest with uh-huh. you. Like, <laughs> yeah yeah what would you say you pay, you know, yeah. uh-huh. i think like it, what you're saying, exactly what you're saying there, is you need to try and, and this is where things like meditation and mindfulness come in, mm-hmm. is you need to try and treat yourself like a third party. Massively. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you get yourself involved, then you're already at a huge disadvantage. You can't be objective mm-hmm. no. if you're in there. And no. when people are giving advice, like if somebody was to say to me, like I did like a podcast last week on addiction and they said to me, what's your number one piece of advice to somebody that's struggling with porn and it was like I hate to say it but get up and Aye. it's like I know that that sounds like I'm saying it's dead easy it isn't it? it's the hardest thing that you fucking do in your life yeah. but ultimately benefit, you need yeah. to give it up and yeah. like sometimes you need that you need to be hard on yourself and when you're having that moment where you go okay it's alright because tomorrow I will X, Y and Z and I'll get my shit together tomorrow Aye. sometimes you need to go to yourself like you're so full of shit that brings Wake you down and down up. and down that, that tomorrow right. tomorrow tomorrow makes you feel so for me that just pulls me down so much because you always try to call it back yeah and tomorrow never tomorrow never comes no. really mm-hmm. and when you're in that mindset tomorrow never comes yep. because you're making excuses absolutely, absolutely. So I I think that it's hard to take your own advice, but that is that is the perfect anecdote or the the, the perfect solution is act like you're giving advice to somebody else. Speak mm-hmm. to yourself like you're speaking to somebody else because ultimately what you're doing is is you're lacking compassion because you Massively. know that it's damaging you and yeah. you know that it's toxic and mm-hmm. you know you know all this. Oh. But the reason that you're not falling through with that is because you don't think that you're worth it yeah. or you don't feel like you just think well, and you're in it you can't step outside you, it you're in it's it it's really hard to step outside yeah. it and yeah. that's where writing journaling yeah. that's where these things because when you see the words you go you've stepped you know outside I mean? yeah massively mm-hmm. or it's good you know I'll write the odds you know I don't know a few months ago thought I was in love with someone wrote a wee anonymous blog post about it mm-hmm. then I look back now and I like piss myself at it because I'm like oh my god that's hilarious I don't give a shit about that guy okay. but it, sometimes it's nice to box that intenseness Aye. almost mm-hmm. and think wow I was so hung up on that but now that I've had time or mm. I've had time to reflect or yeah. hindsight I look back and go Whoa. Almost like a former journaling. Yeah. Yeah, really. It Absolutely. Is. And I, I think all the project is has been a public journal, really. Mm-hmm. It's, you know. I, I mean, I've been in a relationship where I felt unable to like leave it. You mm-hmm. know I mean? I thought like I'm nine years in, like I can't live without this person. Mm-hmm. And then you get like six months down the line and like you're saying, you look back and you go, <laughs> if you're not watching the video, man just pulled a face like, <laughs> but you get six months down the line and you realise that Oh my god! I, and that to me is so empowering for me because then I know that I can do anything. Dude. Like, I, why do I fear anything? Why? Yeah. Do, like I used to the 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 be all and end all for me used to be my job, mm. and this was a part of like my toxic thinking was that 
I can't be without that job and the fear of losing my job would rack me with just the ultimate anxiety. Yeah. I would always be like sending messages to people, is everything all right in my day off? Just constantly thinking about, I wonder how they're getting on because I'm the I'm the boss and the manager. So I'm, I'm how, my, how they're getting on, how they're getting on, how they're getting on. So you know, if somebody was to come to me and be like, you lose your job tomorrow, but I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And that, I still go in and give everything to that, yeah. that job. Yes. But, I know I'm going to be okay if I lose that job. It and doesn't I'll get define you. It does not define me. No. Like, just Identity because I, I a good salary thing. and stuff. Yeah. And it's took me years to come to this sort of place where I can actually be like, don't worry about I'm that. I'm kind of there now. As we are saying, I'm, I'm recently unemployed. I have massive fond memories of the place. And I'm now like six days from walking out the door. And the difference in just letting it go, as I say, drawing a line under it and moving on has been like incredible without any disrespect to anybody. Like, I absolutely had a great time there. But I'm with you, like, I think I've learned so much and grown so much as a person in my time there that I don't fear it. Like, it's, I'm not afraid to go into the world because I know that what I've done with these guys is going to see me through. Mm-hmm. You know and it's I mean? like you said, it shouldn't define you. Like, exactly. I think that when I was married, I was somebody's <clears throat> wife for for a few years. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. lost a lot of what made me me. And I think mm-hmm. that since that relationship ended, it's been a big kind of road of discovery of who that actually is now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not the same person that I left behind either. It's like new and it's evolving. Um, and a lot of it's this, but it should never be attached to one thing. Like, mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. you know. I try and look at a lot of things and I think that, if I've had a similar sort of experience to what you were both saying earlier on about like there's this period sort of right at the start uh, recovery let's mm-hmm. just call it recovery or waking up or whatever you might be where yeah. you just you soar and you're oh soaring God. and you're like I've cracked us yeah right I've done it <laughs> I've cracked us like yeah. I'm I'm, I'm so te- glad you guys can relate because oh, I thought it was absolutely. just me. I back yeah. last year and think, who is that? There, she was there taking comes it a on, point like... where it just sort of flattens out. <laughs> and it plateau, does, that's and dangerous. And, and yeah. that's, the, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. The plateau is so dangerous yeah. because you feel, and I have felt like I've went back to square one before. Mm-hmm. But I've woke felt, up yeah. in a morning and felt, uh, that wow, like where has this, um, <laughs> I feel the same way as I did a year ago. Yeah. But then there's just, then you start to get, like you're saying, like make small plans and have incremental steps in what you're doing. Like, Aye. You're not going to have this Constant soaring... growth is impossible. Uh-huh, like, yeah, yeah. To Especially that growth. rate. Like <laughs> when I look back mm-hmm. at last year, I think, and I think everyone around me was going, like I think even, you know, those close to me thought she's got to crash sometime because yeah. this is ridiculous. Aye. And then you do and you don't realise you haven't, like you say, you just think, God, I've gone back to where I was. I'm going to end up, you know, Aye. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm That's bad. Sunday, first days between, you know, getting onto a medication, going to like, you know, a therapist or whatever it is that, as you said, as the boss starts rolling there, like, I have like three or four days where I'm completely off my face and then I have like three weeks where I could probably walk through brick walls and it's, it's, I've actually learned in time to be like, right, so the three weeks are right off, whereas in the past I would, because I was defining myself with my job, rush back to work after five days, rush back to work after six days and be like, you know, I need to keep this moving, yeah. need to keep on the front foot, keep the momentum, and in actual fact, all you're doing is like more damage than good. Because, I mean, I look back on some of the conversations I had with like younger, much younger managers, where I was, for all intents and purposes, manic and off my face on antidepressants, where I was like Aah! at people's desks and just being like, Jesus fuck, man, like, <laughs> that's so destructive because you get so almost in a sense addicted to the rush up. You yeah, know what I mean? like, absolutely. As it starts to waver, you get a bit, oh fuck, how do I keep this going? How do I keep this going? It's unsustainable. And I'd love to see a day when I can come off medication, but for now it's it's 
not the right time and I think Absolutely. that I'll know when it is the right time I don't know but I think I will and yeah. you know at the moment uh, I kind of rely on it still I think yeah. so. I'm a big advocate as well I, I know that for whatever reason there's some sort of you know associated stigma with it but like there's times where the, my body chemistry needs to be adjusted like mm-hmm. just straight up and down like it's the same as you know taking aspirin for a headache mm-hmm. it's the same as you know taking painkillers for you know an injury or whatever it is like. so I, I don't necessarily buy into it myself I think if you are comfortable in part of your processes that you require medication, then go there. So man. many people that take them that don't openly talk about it. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. really brave, like like hearing two people being like, I, I openly are medicated for what like, mental health issues because it is. Let's say that so many people take them, but not no mm. everybody's like, oh, I'm on this for that, and I'm you bit, see that online yeah. when somebody's like, I'm taking this, and you mm-hmm. just see loads of people like, thank God, so much, so much, yeah. yeah. And, like, and that's something I've found again with this platform is just saying, here's how much I take of that, here's how much I take of that, because I think if you take medication for your hip or you take medication for something physical, mm-hmm. well, the medication exists for mental health conditions, and there's a reason for that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, and I, I think that they're, they're over prescribed in america yeah and i think that and it's not things like form like i think people get this mixed up they're, they're talking about things like adderall mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. are like for adhd yeah. and they're giving it to kids and then the kids are growing up and there's loads of youtube videos where the kids are growing up and getting to 21 and like blaming their parents why did you put me on that I'm yeah now off it and right that that's fine but if somebody is psych psychosis mm-hmm. like manic depressive like you you need it. You need to mm-hmm. let just to get yourself sort of like grip yeah, back on. Absolutely. And then you can maybe go through a process mm-hmm. of like trying to like heal or whatever if it's trauma based or whatever. I'm just going to educate people so much, on it. So much I would like to think less about whether or no people are taking them and actually to have the conversation more about people knowing enough about it that they take the right type. Yeah, because I think in my, in my experience of being medicated, the thing that's always put me off is it's sometimes been a bit trial and error where I go in and go, here's how I'm feeling. And the GP goes, here, try this. And you're four weeks down the line and, you know, you've had weeks of up and down emotionally and it's no, it doesn't settle. And then they go, let's try another one. So you need to wean off to ramp up or else go too deep. And it's, I'd like for us to be able to educate people to the extent where, you know, they actually can get in touch with the right type of medication and get beyond this. Should we or should we not take it? If you need it, take it. Yeah. But like, let's, give people enough information yeah. so that they know what's going to work best for them. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of conversations with people on the project who've had to go through that process and it sounds it sounds Wild. very difficult. For me, you know, when I started medication, I was under some of the best psychiatric care. Yeah. So I really did get, you know, I feel like the medication I was on has really worked and I'm so lucky because a lot of people, if they do maybe just go to their GP mm-hmm. or whatever, not only has it been really hard to get there in the first place, yeah. that they might end up maybe not, explaining fully how they feel like mm-hmm. i was fully exposed vulnerable i feel like there was five people around me taking notes like i was like you know there yeah. made and all but if you've had to build up the courage to go to the gp and speak to someone who not always is fully receptive of mental mm-hmm. health absolutely complaints mm-hmm. you, there's a whole thing there and then you end up not sharing everything maybe getting the wrong pills then you kind of try it don't try it and then you feel like well i'm not going back again yeah and, i'm looking through another no, four I'm not weeks going through another four weeks of that so yeah. and um again my, my partner that works with me on the project amy has been very open about her experience as well and she just was absolutely more manic she was like shaking like this on yeah. the pills and i just thought you know and again they're the ones that made me calm so yeah. they just sent her you know so saying different strokes I'm different talking. strokes absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely one of the things that i wanted to talk about is this um a game guy that 
I'd seen something on the BBC social, and it, it, maybe a year ago. January. Even, was it January? Yeah, this January. Year? Yeah, yeah. And um, I had a wee look at the guy's YouTube channel <laughs> and had a wee look at um, what was going on. Um, and was just like, this is an absolute fucking disgrace that this guy's cutting about doing this. I mean, for, for like my point of view, for a guy, it's got to be different to get like a woman's perspective. Because I was even, I was shocked that the guy was secretly fil- filming women when he was going up and Conquest, talking, yeah, going yeah. Up and talking to them, yeah. which is one thing, yeah. right? Which is like, okay, right, what kind of? That? But then he was secretly filming them as they were like entering flats to have sex with them. There was one video that I was, this was the one where I went, I mean, that that, that might be, people might be going, that's bad enough. That This was the one where I was like, right, fuck this dude. Where he videoed the girl saying, I don't want to have sex with you unless you use a condom. And then was videoing her sleeping in his bed and the unused condom sitting next to the bed. And I was just like, fuck this dude. Like, that is just... It's so dark. It, 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 it really, like, I was like, wow. Like, Aye. what the fuck? So and that's a guy's perspective. And that's a guy's perspective. Like, so what? Fee, what? What? Who is this guy? Like, what? I mean, I, I, I dipped in and dipped straight back out. It was just like, right, fuck this dude. I'm assuming this is where your relationship with the guys at the social must have started. Then, uh, yes, it probably is. Yeah, I saw the same video as you. So this, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the video yourself. Yeah, yeah. The kind of expose of this mm-hmm. guy. So the YouTube's existed for a few years actually, and I've seen the guy so much see when I seen that video I went I know that dude he's he's, like he's one of these dudes that is always in tune he get banned from my gym that I go to he had been banned from my gym and the only reason I found that out was because I was saying I recognised him for being about the gym he was a loud mouth Mm -hmm. he was obnoxious he was a cunt and he he, um, I said to somebody the manager of the gym do you remember that guy and he said that he banned him for harassing women so I was like (laughs) Ah, well, yeah, of course he did. Of course that's why you get banned for the gym. So, you know, I saw the expose and then I did a wee bit of um, of, of digging like yourself. I ended up on the YouTube, I ended up like 10 videos deep thinking I actually felt sick that this was going on in the city that I love and the city that I live in and the city yeah. that I want women to feel safe in. Um, and a bit like yourself, some of the things I saw were massively triggering. There was a lack of consent from some women. Some women clearly didn't know that they were part of a game. Like some women were just mm-hmm. really blindly falling for this guy and doing whatever they want to do in their private life, but not to be filmed. I, I mean, I've got absolutely no judgment at oh, anybody I, that absolutely d- not. does. I mean, no, what he's doing is very, very dark. Yeah. And I don't want women to be harassed on the streets. So basically when this uh, video came out and the reason it all came out was because a woman who shared a lift to uni from Glasgow to Dundee every day with this guy uh, or Fife to Dundee somewhere, she shared a lift. She basically <coughs> phoned into the radio and did an anonymous tip off. Okay. Um, so she didn't reveal her identity, but she says, I know what this guy's doing. I found his YouTube channel. Um, he was actually, which is more troubling, um, he was studying like sociology and psychology um, and referred to himself online as a social scientist. Um, so Ouch. there were so many layers to what he was doing. He's not a dumb guy. He's no, a smart, he's, not, he's smart, a smart guy. Smart guy. Absolutely. And that's what made it more scary. So anyway, when that expose happened, I felt like I need to do something. I've got a lot, a big platform here that, mm. that's meant to be for women and about women. So I'd like to show solidarity to women who've um, come into contact with this guy. Okay. Uh, and so we set up a protest um, where we basically said, Addy's got no game. Um, and, we, <laughs> and we held up signs and we had like MSPs come along to share their thoughts. We had, 
women, we had one woman read a poem about the time that she was sexually assaulted very bravely. We had, it was such a massive response yeah. to mm-hmm. this guy. I and remember there were, that. And there were a lot of women came along as well who maybe um, have encountered this guy and who have reported him to the police but didn't want to be standing with a placard, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So they were just there in solidarity. Totally so that was a massive day and um, kind of the, the investigations were ongoing at this point. Mm. So we kind of took a step back and it's hard for any, you can't really comment on an ongoing of course. Suppose, court case, but he was accused of, I think, 18 uh, different offences and was found guilty of five of them last week in court. Yeah. So what was it he was actually found guilty of? I mean, I've seen that he I'm been not sure. He was found guilty of sexual hara- harassment. Right, as so far as harassing people. Yeah, harassing okay. people. And that's clearly what he's done. But the thing is, the problem is it's not ended there. So, you know, there's a there's a new Instagram page to watch out for called Red Pill Rights. Yeah, so I was saying to my... Oh, the blog. He's going under the new guys. That the, this is definitely him because it's it popped him, up yeah. round about and there's a Twitter feed mm-hmm. and it's around Red Pill, which mm-hmm. is... So then this guy's just been convicted of sexual harassment and is now blogging about sexually harassing women. He's blogging, he's blogging about, about the fact that he's been made out, he's been racially targeted. Uh-huh. He says that he's being attacked as a as a man by other people. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, this guy's a narcissist and yeah, he's, he's, he's dangerous. And the problem is he's now saying that everyone's against him. So it's, you know, so-and-so journalist. Because he's a prick. There we are. There we are. I, I, it's like maybe everybody is against you because you're a fucking asshole. Absolutely. And, you, and like the, the the justification that he gave for being able to do it. I mean, I'm just a guy just trying to help other men and mm. like that's a game oh, thing. thing. Did, he was, sorry, that, he was profiting off yeah, of showing other guys. He was selling his book. Yeah. Like yeah, I was, yeah. I, I was, I was an absolute ball hair away from buying the PDF mm-hmm. just to read it. Just to just to read that, I was like, "This guy's selling a fucking book, right?" But yeah. what I found even more disturbing sure, is, is that he's not the only guy that's doing this. That there is a guy in Paris, yeah. there's a guy in New York, and basically what they're doing is, is they're they're saying that we'll teach you the A game and we'll teach you how, how to, to talk to women, women and yeah. how to get women. Which right, okay, whatever. If you're teaching guys, like we we did a podcast with a, a girl called Ieva. And she wrote a book about how to be single. And it was basically like she was saying to men, stop sending dick pics. This is how to set up your Tinder profile. Chris, I could write that book. (laughs) (laughs) I I can imagine a a woman being out there being empowered might get like... (laughs) Attract the dick pic, Aye. but just this, get like this, a pure auto filter on your folders. This, yeah. this woman wrote a book and does a lot of online stuff to try and help men not be the stereotypical. Like you don't yeah. need to do this. Like women yeah. don't want this, and and that that is a really sort of healthy way of helping men. What this guy's doing is is because part of the advice he's giving to people is just like just harass them. Aye. you know what I mean. It's like. Just speak to as many women as I. It's like a game, and he and he says in his one his YouTube videos, like it's not about having sex with women. I'm more about them saying yes to me. It's about the chase. It's about it's about the chase. And, and more worryingly, it's um it's it, again there's lots of different um legs of this across the world, and there's people who travel the world doing these seminars yeah. and conferences the, and the, whatever. So one of the guys I watched linked to his YouTube video. Mm-hmm. His advice was get out of your city because your accent will attract women. So he's mm-hmm. going for he's for Paris, wow. I think, and he's coming to London to do that. He gets the Eurostar over yeah. in London every weekend mm-hmm. to stand and chat up women in like wow. Leicester Square and, and stuff. And you're group, like, what the fuck did? Like fucking hell. Yeah, and the group in uh, Scotland, the group of them is called DWLF, which stands for Dicks Will Live Forever. 
Okay, well, so they're, they're like, certainly living up to the dick part. Right? Aye, absolutely. <laughs> I know. So, you know, I'm just glad that, well, it's been hard for me because I've had to be a bit of a support to a lot of the women who had to report Addy and kind of um, encourage them to go through that process um, while he's still blogging about them and how they're liars and everything. And that's been really difficult because I've become friendly with some of these women of now. And I believe every word they say. I well, don't if you look, doubt it, it, if you look you know? at his videos, I don't think I read anything about the guy that wasn't backed up by a fucking YouTube video. Yeah, like, yeah. if anybody's saying, I actually, we are a female uh, acquaintance, when I seen the video, I had said to her, like, look at this. And she was like, that, that guy ran over, uh, like, Shawlands, uh, Paul Shaw's Road, ran over a main road through traffic to get to me. And when I told him that I wasn't interested, he called me a lesbian and... Like then walked up the road, giving her abuse, walking up the road, <gasps> as she, because she was like, "I'm not interested in you, pal." Then added her on Instagram and continued to give that abuse online. Wow! And then the next day was like, "Oh, so do you want to go for a drink?" So wow. part of it is breaking somebody down. I think. Like, yeah. Although yeah. I didn't see any of this in his content, his video, through putting the, the two and two together, which she's telling me and, and like mm-hmm. seeing the guy actually in the gym and how much yeah. a loud mouth that he is and how much he throws his weight about. Right. So he's like probably like five foot the height of shite, the guy, right? <laughs> but he throws himself about. So yeah. like one example, what I mean by that is, is that I was in the gym and I was doing something and he was just like, all right, big man. And I was like, fuck off, mate. Like, didn't he tell me fuck uh. off? But like, okay, mate, I, 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 I Throwing his weight about, like, ah, yeah, yeah. going up making to people, trying to, ta- exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. try to talk to people and, and, and just making his presence known is a good yeah. way of putting that. Yeah. But for what she told me, I'm like, right, part of this is breaking somebody down. Mm-hmm. Like, just badgering them until they say yes. Now, that is just the pure, like, the, the I know that Family Guy made fun of it, but, like, five no's and a yes is still a yes. Like the right. whole Sean Connery, James Aye. Bond thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we're looking now for a... 2019 perspective and looking at these situations and going, that's rape, it's rape that's culture. sexual yeah, assault yeah, it and is. it's rape culture it is, yeah. and that guy is absolutely part of that and I don't understand why a guy like that has need when I need to reflect on what's happened here, I've been convicted instead he's doubling down oh, yeah. and he's creating this like, uh, like sort of free speech men's rights red pill and stuff. And unfortunately you know he's got a girlfriend that stands by his side with it all so we're kind of, we're, it is difficult and you're never going to get beyond an ego of someone like that. I really hope that, you know, we can continue to like, it's going to take a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's difficult for me as well because I've been very, I've put my face and name to everything that's he's against him. He's wrote about him. you as well, haven't And you? he's wrote about me a lot. Yeah, right. he's, wrote a, he's wrote a few pretty horrible blog posts. Um, and again, it's difficult because I'm just me and my wee blog. You know, the journalists that he's wrote about have told me that they've gotten legal teams involved and whatnot yeah. so they can actually take action. But for me, I'm just... Mandy in, in Glasgow mm. and I run a wee blog like it's it's hard because mm-hmm. you know and again live on my own and whatnot so it can be a bit worrying but um intimidating yeah for you. but Police Scotland have been amazing and I know that um you know they didn't even have to ask me in January if there'd be a counter protest you'd yeah. be like what rapists no um do you know what I mean it was literally they were so on board with what we were doing mm-hmm. um I just think there's there's so many layers to this I could talk about it forever the fact he's saying that people are racially attacking him now is just a whole other thing he well, could look however he wants it's yeah, not nice. about that it's, it. absolutely it's crazy he's he, the, the other guys that do not aren't Asian, they're not. It's got no. nothing to do with the color no, of the guy's no. skin. Like it's nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's no. about his behaviour. Yeah. And I think that hilariously, if you go to the Red Pill um, blog 
Twitter feeds get like forty followers, Instagrams get so. F- the guys are, I would say alternatively, don't go to the blog. Well, don't, Twitter. I, I, don't <laughs> go to the Twitter. I linked it, actually. I linked it on my project page and everyone was like, stop giving him hits. And I was like, oh yeah, shit, delete. <laughs> I just, I found that, I, I found don't that feed the, the really kind of disgusting that mm. the guy was going out and basically saying that this was like a feminist thing and that this was anti-men. And it's like, no, but listen, dude, like <laughs> you have harassed and assaulted women Boasted about it on YouTube and yeah. made a platform and then making money for it. And now you want to make mm-hmm. the fact that you work in a legal team that rehouse homeless people mm-hmm. as some sort of like, oh, he's a nice guy. Like, mm-hmm. you might well be doing that mm-hmm. in your work. You, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to dispute that because I don't know. And I'll just assume that that's true that you help rehouse homeless people as part of your job. But you're also a massive prick. Yeah. Like, just because you do that for work, that doesn't make you no. a saint. Uh, the balance, the, the skills the, on the equal on that one. Exactly. Yeah. And BBC The Social did a kind of conclusion video last week, which went out last week, which uh, the, the project was featured on. Yep. Um, and none of the none of the victims wanted to speak on um, for you know obvious reasons. Yeah. Because um, they're protecting their identities, but um, so that went out, and that was kind of a conclusion to actually he was charged of this. He was done, you know, da 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 da. And um, so many sort of local people got involved as well during the time of uh, when we had the protest. There was a guy with a phone shop on Sockey Hill Street who said, "Listen, my shop's a safe space. If any woman feels they've been harassed by." by this guy or yeah, by his yeah. team or whatever That's so cool. lots of local people got involved to say you know we won't stand for it either on our streets do you know what mm-hmm. I mean the worrying thing is for me is I think I've actually been approached by one of these guys before but if you're one woman and you don't know about this community online you do assume it's to you you feel yeah. a bit special in the moment mm-hmm. like it sounds daft but when I thought about that time a guy pursued me down Buchanan Street he was quite pushy but I thought well that's quite bold like yeah. mm-hmm. you I almost mean, think I quite I, like that it's I, weird my girlfriend going out a couple of weeks ago with a guy followed her into her shop and was like oh, I really like your hair and I really like your style and she was just like I've got a boyfriend and he just turned around and walked away and I did say to her that'll be just some guy just mm-hmm. maybe even practicing this fucking A-game mm-hmm. stuff just like it was mm-hmm. just at the front of my mind mm-hmm. but it might have just been genuinely a guy coming up to you and just being like I really like your style mm-hmm. can I have your number mm-hmm. which is totally mm-hmm. fine mm-hmm. but as a red-blooded male if I was sitting in the middle of Sucky Hall Street and single and a woman came up to me and was like and of age and I was semi-attracted to her and she was like oh, I think you're really cool do you want to come for that I'd be like fucking brilliant I feel fucking <laughs> wow well, you know, yeah. that doesn't happen to you every day and I yeah. feel fucking great about that so I can absolutely know the victims there yeah. because when you look at the guy he's practised he's rehearsed he knows the triggers like he, it's like the sort of go back yeah. Brown where he's like there's certain yep. things that you can say to people Massively. that literally just, just and I don't, and when, when this happened to me in I was actually married at the time and I was running around I worked at the Daily Record at the time I was running around in stilettos whatever had my wedding ring on my gauge ring and the guy was quite you know he almost like dismissed the fact I was married and it sounds it sounds strange, but again, it's that boldness and audacity of a guy. You mm. think, God, he really wants, he's really into this. And uh-huh. you get a wee rush of like, yeah. no, I'm married kind of thing, but you get a wee rush of like, wow, I really must have stood out. And this is the thing, it's, but, it's going to be a numbers game as well, because yeah. for the thousand people that they try that way, mm-hmm. if three or four of them bite down on it, that's it, so to speak, like that's, you know, probably a pretty decent result for them. You know what exactly, I mean? Like, exactly. The notion of like going up to a woman in the street and being like, poor, hey, how's it going? Like, why gives your number? It's just a completely alien concept to me. Yeah. Like, and I yeah. don't see why, because it, it's such an alien concept to me, I don't see why it wouldn't just instantly trigger somebody else. But at the same time, in the terms you're t- talking about it, where, you know, somebody's come up and been flirtatious or whatever special, it is. Because you feel special because you don't know he's done it to 10 before and 10 after. So as yeah. far as you're concerned, <clears throat> he's just went, I've watched you walk all the way down there. Yeah, I, just, I, I would never do this. I've never done this before. I'm so nervous. Yeah, ditto. Did, that, 
that's exactly what this guy that, said to me. It's, he it's, said, I never do this sort of thing, but you look amazing. I had to make a, a, a I had to make an exception for you. Yeah. You do. It's that just that reinforcement, the words. I remember this guy saying to me, me feeling like, oh my God, like, husband hasn't made me feel like this for a while. Yeah. Nice. Like, There's a bit in one of the videos where he talks about that, where he's basically like, reinforcing if, stuff. If you notice that one of the, like, if so, if it's a group, I'm sure this is one of the bits of advice. If you notice that one of them's slightly shyer, focus on her mm-hmm. so you're li- he's literally like preying on people yep. it's like you're preying Aye. and it's teaching guys to be predators at the end of the Aye. day yeah, you sense weakness yeah. exactly yeah, exactly yeah. it's horrendous so yeah could talk about him all day prick irrelevant um but yeah, uh <laughs> but you know it's important that we know the awareness is there now Absolutely. That people yeah. are up to this i think sort it's of really thing. important that, that Part of the reason why when we were talking about doing the podcast and I'd seen that that was coming up and you mm-hmm. mentioned it and I was like, I remember speaking about that, uh, looking at that with that guy. Did you invite him on? Let's have him a talk about oh. red pill rights and see what the well, hell he has to say. No, I'm joking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't. That's the thing. He wouldn't. Nah, he wouldn't. No he wouldn't. Way. Yeah. He no wouldn't way. have the audacity. But one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up was because I, I don't want that red pill fucking nonsense getting traction. Yeah. Because there's a lot of guys out there that do, do believe that plays on a sense of isolation that's uh-huh. already there. And, it, and it's already there, exactly. And, and they buy into it. And they buy Massively. into it. Like, Especially now that things like the Empowered Women Project and other projects that are similar are really uh, gaining lots of traction. Mm-hmm. I think that he's anti. thought, yeah, he's thought, mm, there's going to be men out there who are not liking this rise of mm-hmm. that stuff and yeah. they want they want their part, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's uh, an opportunity as well to, to kind of maybe bring the conversation full circle as we kind of start to wind up, is that, like, it also provides them with a sense of community. And that's what we, as we started out, you know, whether it be a physical community, or online community, is that we're trying to build ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, that's this has been actually these men who subscribe to these groups, whether they be in Glasgow or anywhere else in the world, as we know they exist. Like, they're dupes and victims of this as much as well, no, as much as women. That's the wrong thing to say. But they're also victims to an extent because oh, their stupidity they're and their isolation has been and... weaponized against them. Yeah. Their money's been taken off them. Massively. And all they're wanting is maybe a bit of community. Yeah. You know what Massively. I mean? So I, I don't think anybody wins when these guys are allowed to prosper. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So what have you got coming up? Have you got anything so... that you want to... Well, no, just producing more content um, with the lovely folk at The Social, which is going to be fun because I'm moving into more funny stuff. So that's going to be more lighthearted because I don't mind taking the piss out myself. Um, That and just blogging and just kind of trying to decide where to next for the project. Um, I'd like to create sort of uh, workshops that we can maybe take into school, speak to younger women because we know that they're affected with their phones and social media. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, learning to delegate a bit more as well. I need Mm -hmm. to get into that. It is my baby but it's you know it's getting bigger so mm-hmm. um need to be careful for that and uh i like the idea yeah. of schools i think we'll, yeah. we'll, you know we've done a few pods recently with younger mm. you know um organizations that care for younger people and yeah. stuff like that and you know refugee as well also have engagement with kids totally at a school level yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like yeah. that and i think that you know taking like, women's issues to young women mm-hmm. uh you know, Just reminding them that it's okay. As well, you know, to, to say that there's no clear way to take your life. Do you know, if you'd asked me if I'd be a blogger, I'd be like, no. And then you actually see there's so many ways now, especially for young women and men to make their way in the world mm-hmm. digitally. There's so many mm-hmm. options. It doesn't have to be, like you say, that cookie cutter life of going to uni and doing that. and doing that. That's all great. But you, there's other ways to like make your way in the world. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks very much for coming on. Aye. Thanks for having me. That's great. <laughs> lovely conversation and we'll link all the social and all that into the episode but fantastic
Fade. 